Welcome to the brand new Voyage Care podcast. This season, we'll be focusing on how we deliver person-centred care to the people we support. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Raj, our specialist implementer, and Stacey, service manager at Redcliffe House, our autism specialist residential care home. They'll be discussing the importance of understanding and accepting autism, all while delivering exceptional person-centred care. Today, I'm talking to Stacey Fritchley, who is the manager of Rutcliffe House in Mansfield, Nottinghamshire. Rutcliffe House is an autism specialist service and has been accredited by the National Autistic Society since 2011. Knowledge about autism and consistent practices have made Rutcliffe House attain outstanding for responsive in the past and still maintain good in all areas of the CQC inspections. Radcliffe House understands that every autistic individual is unique and have practices which are very consistent and have done a lot of work in conjunction with the National Autistic Society to generate autism awareness among the nearby community and work closely with local autism practices. Stacy believes providing awareness about autism is not for a week or a day in the year, but it should be every day. Stacy is very passionate about autism and autistic people. Hence, we chose to talk to Stacy today. So, Stacy, welcome to the VoyageK podcast. And today, we will be talking about the importance of autism awareness, accepting autism, and appreciating autism. So. Stacey, if you could explain to us your journey into autism and how you joined uh, the journey of supporting autistic people, please. So when I was younger, um, I used to do health and social care as a qualification. I always wanted to get into the care sector. Um, I never realised that autism would be something that I would um, enjoy um, supporting autistic individuals because that wasn't something that I was made aware of at the time when I was doing my GCSEs. Um, so I aimed to go into something more familiar, such as elderly care. But when the opportunity to come to Redcliffe House um, at the age of 18 became available um, as an apprentice, I, it was something that I really wanted to do and really sort of wanted to challenge myself with it. So that's how I sort of got into autism and supporting autistic individuals and I've been here since. So you started as an apprentice, then you worked your way up to a support worker and now you're a manager of Radcliffe House. Yes. That's right, that's great, okay. So you explained about your journey. So can you just briefly explain the barriers you felt initially as an individual, as a person, as a young person after GCSE and a person supporting autistic people in a service? So initially, um, because I didn't have any experience or very little knowledge of supporting autistic individuals and all of the things that entail effectively supporting them, um, I was very nervous, a little bit naive going into it that, um, that it would be quite straightforward, very easy, but it was very difficult in fact at first um, and it took me a lot of time. I had to do a lot of observation of other support workers and the people that happened to be there at the time to ensure that I was providing effective 
um, support to the individuals that we we have here and it was very difficult at first but I think over time I gained a lot of confidence and it's about understanding the routines of the people's support, how to effectively communicate with them and just developing positive rapport with each individual as individuals. Great, that's great. So uh, observing other people, other staff working here and making yourself understand people's required needs. Then how did you make sure that the awareness about autism, as you mentioned earlier, is different than what you thought about supporting people in the elderly homes and everything so how did you make sure you are aware what autism is how did you come into that you know concept of what autism is and how did you break into these things so when i began working at redcliffe house and supporting autistic individuals um we sort of went through um various different autism awareness trainings um i went through lots of observations in terms of people watching me and how I interact and then also how I watched them and how they interacted with autistic individuals. Um, so we did a lot of talking to one another, you know, um, basically just um, thinking up ideas on how best to support people, um, especially autistic individuals. So um, that's how I sort of gained a lot of knowledge um, about autism initially. So the awareness about autism has changed your approach to support people. And do you think that, you know, the approaches was very consistent with the support plans and everything? Because obviously you have to follow support plans, support guidelines yeah. and everything. So was it in line with what you were doing? Yes. Yeah. I think it's very vital regardless on who you're supporting that you follow the support guidelines. They're all in place for a reason. Um, but I think it's also worth noting that you know, autistic individuals specifically in terms of routine and such and their sensory needs and such as that, it is absolutely vital that you do follow those support guidelines. So when I originally began at Redcliffe House and I was getting to know the individuals, it was vital that we followed all the support guidelines. And even when things might change or vary a little bit from the support guideline, maybe changing their behaviour or changing need, um, it's it's necessary to look into that and um, see how best we can support them in those changes as well. When there is a change of behaviours happening in an autistic person, so you can, as we support autistic people, changes are inevitable. You can see changes every day, which can be different to what we have planned. So if there is a change in behaviour, if there are behaviours which is not according to support plan happened, so how do you make sure the staff are aware and how do you, just work on it so that staff understand. Do you do debriefing? Do you do role plays? How do you do these things? So when there is a change in maybe behaviour or need for a person we support, um, that's a little bit out of usual character, um, we sort of reenact it and we try to look at the situation as a whole. What could potentially have caused that change? Um, maybe it was an external factor. Maybe it was a sensory um issue at the time um or maybe it could just be something that they are going through as an individual it's very difficult to get inside of uh autistic individual's mind to fully understand and comprehend what their thoughts and the way that they perceive the world are so it's 
a matter of reenacting the whole the whole situation and trying to really think outside of the box on what could potentially affect them and i think having a good understanding of that individual and the person that they are um that's how you better do that so um the staff team can come together and we can all think about ideas and debrief on the situation to try and help the individual further with their needs staff understand the autistic people and we try to understand what autistic people think about the staff members and get to a balance point and support people is that right what you talking yeah. about that's yeah. explain us more about how important it is to make sure understanding autism that the ma- we manage the day to day changes within a service say for example if there are changes of faces in staff members so we we plan a day and the staff member doesn't turn up or you have visits from external people or workers turning it turning up so how do you make sure autistic people understand um, we we manage them in a way we don't have a lot of unexpected behaviors how do you do those things please so i think um in terms of it's all dependent on the autistic individuals that you support and it all depends on how they they what they require what support they require in all these changes in day-to-day lives and in their day-to-day lives and routines and around them so for example in our service um we have pictures on our activity boards so that way they can see who exactly is on shift at that time you know we don't change over shift patterns during the day we just have one long shift so that way the people we support know that once that person is there they are there that is their staff member for that day and i think that's very important for the people that we support because um they need to know that that is a consistent part of their life and they get to know those faces and understand that familiarity with them in terms of one of the people that asked for as well he's autistic and he is also partially sighted um and so he can become um into your into your personal, personal space, space. Yeah. it will come into your personal space just to see who you are but this can be perceived as a little bit maybe if you don't understand his needs or if you don't know the individual you know it can be quite intimidating for someone to come into your personal space mm-hmm. but in actuality he's just doing it just to see you to see who you are because he doesn't know who you are without getting into your personal space to physically see you and that's a very difficult thing for him because he's autistic he needs to be able to do that and we have to make that um accept that as staff members that this is necessary for him staff understand the sensory sensation so well even though the receptors the eyes receive information and it is not transformed to the brain yeah and he cannot he cannot comprehend who the person is so to make it more aware he come closer to have a better vision and staff understand these things so do you make sure this is explained to the external people visiting as well so when we have visitors or external professionals come to Redcliffe house we sort of provide them this information sheet and on this information sheet it ex- has a little bit of an explanation of each of the autistic individuals that we support on there and what to expect when they enter Redcliffe house so for example it will state on there that there is an individual that may come and intrude on your personal space and that there may be another individual out in the garden playing with stones and making a high pitched noise and that this is 
a norm for them this is important for them to do this um, and it will explain that and it sort of helps the visitor or the external professional come into Redcliffe House accept that these individuals are autistic that um, that we do have to accept these initial behaviours these initial um, needs and adapt to their needs so you make sure that you know whatever staff understand the consistency is passed on to the visitors and external professionals as well so that uh, the people's meaningful needs are not you know deferred in any way and we have a meaningful practice throughout yeah and i think it also provides a consistent approach for everybody involved in in these um, autistic individuals lives what we are establishing here is we make the people aware about autism we also make sure that they accept autism as well, which yes. is a great thing you do here, which is which is really great. So if we have to take people out to hospitals or GP appointments, we have to transfer all this information to external professionals as well. So yeah. I, I'm sure you have heard about Oliver McGovern issue where an autistic person went to hospital and he sadly have death because of people didn't understand his autism and they treated it a different way. So what sort of things do you actually have when you or the staff take with them when they when they take or when they support people to hospitals or GP visits? So we have um, health action plans um, which makes the person that is supporting them will take it with them and the the doctor, the GP, the dentist, whoever it happens to be, um, will be able to see exactly what needs that person has, as well as the medical history and so on and so forth. But in terms of more specifically for the autistic individuals that we support, we have things such as autism profiles and sensory profiles that we can also take with us. So that way they have a better understanding of how to um, treat the the autistic individual that we support, they have a better understanding of their needs and and what is necessary in order to effectively treat them um, and make them better. Well, that That's good to hear because it, it's good to know that you know, we follow the latest government guidelines and make sure the people who go uh, to GP services and hospitals are supported very well and the people who actually see autistic people have the relevant information, which is great. Right, so uh, let's imagine you got a vacancy here and you got a new referral. So can you take us through the journey of how do you make sure an autistic person is compatible to do those things? So we carry out an initial autism assessment as well as a care needs assessment. And this is just to ensure that we can provide the necessary support that that individual will need should they transition to Redcliffe. Um, so we talk to various social workers and other professionals that are involved in that person's life. Um, and this again is just to establish if that person would be suitable and compatible with the other autistic individuals that we have here. Um, and then we would go on to complete things such as autism support plans, autism profiles, sensory profiles. And then if we feel like this is a potential and we we could potentially accept this individual at Redcliffe House, we'd want to make the transition as smooth as possible. So we'd complete things such as micro transitions. Um, we try to implement whatever we possibly can in place of 
that individual's needs to help them transition smoothly um, bring in things from their old place into the new place through a cliff house and so that way they feel more at ease more comfortable they've got their own belongings with them they've got something familiar to help them settle in a little bit better well that's good uh, so you do a proper transition so that people are aware of where they're coming and they don't have any surprises no. and they get gelled in very well we have the awareness we have the acceptance and we appreciate autism which is which is great so uh, we, we are trying to get this word across the community so that there is more appreciation about autism so as a manager have you had to come across any grief to support an autistic individual which is very important and it is very difficult situation to to manage grief yeah so um i think it's important to understand that in terms of autism we sort of perceive grief as someone that we might have lost somebody close to us but in terms of an autistic individual um their grief could also sustain from a lack of routine or just even not being able to compete or take part in things that they would ordinarily do a loss of maybe a toy or a sensory object that's so important to them anything of any vital importance to them if they're no longer able to do that could be considered a form of grief for them because they feel so such strong emotion for that loss um so i think most autistic individuals do go through that that i support um if they are unable to um do their own routines as they usually would but we have had um, occasions where we've had to support an autistic individual uh, with the loss of a parent um, this was done through social stories and just staff trying to understand the individual and trying to help and support them the best they could using the simplistic information using their preferred method of communication using the social stories, using pictures personal to them so that they know that that person is always there, they can see them. Because sometimes having that visual perception of that person helps and rather than just verbally telling them that, you know, they're still, you know, in your heart and stuff like that. Sometimes you need to visually see that person. So we put all of this together to help this individual, this autistic individual and it did help, but in terms of grief, I mean, this could go on forever and staff accept that we just need to continuously keep supporting him in this area if ever he, he does display any signs of grief or maybe upset over the issue. So you, people understand, when, when I say people, the staff understand that delayed reactions can happen. Yeah. And people can, you know, be upset sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, so in terms of training and making update with autistic practices, so when you interact with your staff members, do you actually talk about more about the introceptions like, you know, the internal feelings when people cannot express a feeling of hunger, thirst, thirst and everything. If somebody's not doing anything like more terminologies like autism, autistic inertia, so a person can sit idle without doing anything unless somebody prompts in normal Normally, services might just let them watch telly continuously because it's easy for them. So, is our staff at Cliff House aware that you know a person requires prompt because of autistic inertia, so that they they change the actions and activities they are doing? 
Yes, so we do discuss all of those types of things because it's necessary for each individual that we support. So each autistic individual that we support, it could vary from person to person on who we're discussing at the time. And as I said before, we tend to discuss these ideas in these areas, especially if there appears to be a change in behaviour or need. And we specifically talk about it a lot in staff meetings and things because it's necessary that everybody has this understanding of autism and how the autistic individual might perceive things or might feel at the time and how external factors can also influence them. So it's just as much part of ensuring that they are effectively meeting needs and communicating well. And it's a basic understanding of having that of that individual. Not many services understand these type of new things because introception is a new area which autistic practices are, are being developed now, which is great. So uh, to create awareness and acceptance within the community, do you actually do anything with the community? Like when we have Autism Awareness Week, as you told me earlier, that autism is not just for a week or a day, it should be every day. So do you do anything to make sure the community around Rutcliffe House and you know, in, in and around Mansfield are aware about autism? Have you done any charity works or have you done any? Yeah, yeah. So um, we, every year we take part in the Autism Awareness Week and we raise funds for the National Autistic Society. And we've done this for many years. And we most recently did a 30 mile accumulated walk. Oh, good, great. And all of the autistic individuals that we support got involved, even if they weren't able to walk a long period of time, you know, they just sort of walked around the garden wow, and it all great. added up. That's great. And we sort of made a tally and a chart and put it on the wall. And a lot of the autistic individuals really enjoyed putting their, their miles on the wall and tallying it up with staff support. And it was just a sense of achievement for them. And they were so pleased that they hit the target and we raised a lot of money for the Autistic Society. And we do this every year, whether it be a walk or uh, a car wash. Um, we're always raising funds and we're always getting the word out there and spreading the word and, and spreading autism awareness around. So how important do you think is we use the right terminologies like addressing people as autistic person rather than addressing them as person with autism? I think it's very important because it's all about accepting that individual as they are. Um, and I think it's important that um, people don't see it as a person with autism and more that autis autism is them as a person. And I think if we can understand that and that would help and we could further accept them for as the individuals that they are. And in terms of accepting them, we can then support them accordingly. Um, and I think that is one of the first steps to understanding. So that simple little bit of terminology is vital in understanding an autistic individual. Great. That's great. So we don't address them as people with autism. We don't label them, we just call them autistic individual as their identity. Um, so it was nice talking to you, Stacey. 
So it's good to know that you know the practices which we follow here are high standards, and hope we continue to do this in the future as well. So thank you for your time. It's so, such a nice feeling talking to you. Thanks, Raj. Thank you very much. If you'd like to learn more about our exceptional person-centered care, please visit our website, voyagecare.com. Stay tuned for another episode of our podcast next week.